guys, and welcome to Odson Champions League. Uh, let's analyze uh, all the games we have in the Champions League quarterfinals, of course, with Alvaro Romeo and Dani Fisichella. Remember to leave your comments below and don't forget to press the like and subscribe. And now, let's go on with the show. Champions League is back and we have the quarterfinals. How are you, Alvaro, Dani? Looking forward oh, to it. very well. Table. Looking forward. Yeah, that's that's oh. the best bit. That's the best bit. What uh, four games we have uh, this week. So let's start on Tuesday in Duluth, Benfica, Liverpool. Super favorite, uh, Danny Liverpool. I think no one can think that uh, Benfica can go through, even if they've already faced so many tough teams in this Champions League. Uh, knockout Barcelona, we have to remember that. But Liverpool, they are super informed. Perhaps, Danny, even we could say they are the most informed team in Europe uh, right now. Uh, what do you think in this uh, game? Odds for Liverpool to win, something I guess that we even can expect, uh, 1.4. Well, I think, yeah, it's either Liverpool or Manchester City, the most informed teams in Europe. But yes, they're definitely uh, there. And, you know, at the weekend, Liverpool <coughs> won ugly against Watford. But it was a very difficult game because, you know, after the international break, a lot of players coming back. It's always a tricky game. And they were handed the 12.30 kickoff in England. So that's not a great schedule for them. But they managed to win 2-0. 10 consecutive Premier League win, and now the running starts. That's where really the exciting stuff for Liverpool, who then who have been there before. They've been there in 2018, they've been there in 2019. They won the title, so they're used to this sort of pressure. Just to give you a sense of what kind of schedule Liverpool has, they play Benfica twice, then Manchester City twice, once mm -hmm. in the FA Cup semi-final, then they play United, and then they play Everton, desperate Everton, in the derby. So <clears throat> this is really crucial uh, moment, a crucial month for uh, Liverpool. Who was the best player for Liverpool against Watford? Well, probably only the one who didn't go with the national team, Thiago Alcantara. No surprise. Uh, Salah and Mane didn't have a great game, but you know, won five of the last six Liverpool. 10th clean sheet in the last 13, you can tell they are fired up. It doesn't matter at the moment, the performances domestically, they just need to rack up the points and probably win them all if they want to win the title. And they are in a chance to win an historic quadruple. Uh, they come from a defeat against Inter, but it's a you know, you don't have to look at the results. I think in the second leg, they didn't really have to attack. So, uh, and yet they had a few chances in the first leg. They left in late, a very professional performance. And now they go to uh, Estadio uh, Daluz, uh, knowing, you know, even a draw could do, they could finish uh, the job at uh, Anfield. And, you know, it's a team, uh, Benfica only kept one clean sheet in the last uh, 13. So not exceptional uh, uh, defensive. Usually English teams have got good records when they play uh, to Portugal. Look, I think uh, Liverpool are solid, uh, are getting back some of the good players. Uh, for example, Alexander-Arnold is going to be fully fit after the slight injury. I can't expect Liverpool to win, but if anything, I would expect Liverpool to keep a clean sheet as they did in Milan against Inter. So Liverpool clean shit, uh, that's the best odds I could find on Odds, Pedia, 
Mm, the problem, uh, Dani Álvaro, is that the odds for Liverpool, if we are back in Liverpool, are very low. The bookies really trust uh, this Liverpool. So the value is in Benfica. We can say many good things about Benfica, Álvaro, but it's also very difficult to untrust uh, this Liverpool. Uh, many times we tend to think that the uh, English team don't travel very well in Europe. But remember, they won at Porto, Milan, against Atletico and against Inter so far this Liverpool away in the Champions League. Yes, and uh, I think that Liverpool lately they've been enjoying their trips to Portugal. Uh, Portugal is a very <laughs> special place to, for Jurgen Klopp as well because his love affair with Liverpool started here uh, because he was in Portugal when Liverpool contacted him first to be Liverpool manager. Um, I think that uh, Liverpool is the favorite for this game. The book is think that obviously and uh, the logic uh, is uh, is uh, extremely extremely understandable. At the end of the day, Liverpool has only drawn one Premier League game in 2022. It was against Chelsea. Uh, they have lost only one game in 2022, as far as I can see, and that was against okay, Inter. Against Inter, yeah, exactly, against Inter, Daniele. But uh, Daniele explained, <laughs> explained very well uh, what happened uh, in that game. I think that Liverpool didn't suffer that much against Inter Milan and they won the first leg anyway. So, yeah, it's a brilliant moment for them. I was very surprised with Joe Gomez and his crossing against Watford. I think that he crossed uh, as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold can cross the ball. And then Diego Jota is, uh, keep on, kept on scoring for Liverpool. He has scored, by, by the way, Diego Jota, a player who is not particularly tall. Um, seven header goals, headed goals in uh, the Premier League since he moved to Liverpool. Uh, and no player has scored more with his head in that period. Uh, only Christian Menteke has scored as many, seven. So yeah, uh, Diego Jota is definitely adding it's quite a lot things. for a small guy. It's quite a lot. Eh? It's quite a lot, yeah. But, he reminds me a little bit of Antoine Griezmann, uh, who is uh, as well a fantastic player uh, when it comes to heading. So, yeah, Diego Jota is uh, scoring the goals. Liverpool is in a good moment. Thiago was uh, running the show, at least in the first ha half. He was the compass of Liverpool. And I, I don't see them losing. And I think that uh, it's time to say that probably Virgil van Dijk is the player of the season in Premier League. Because uh, last season, without van Dijk, Liverpool was there. And this season with Van Dyke, Liverpool is here. And that cannot go unnoticed. Um, when it comes to Benfica, they are not particularly great this season. Um, they say that Nelson Verissimo, the manager, is preparing this game with reports from Bruno Lash, Wolverhampton manager, uh, because apparently they are good friends and they good friends and they work together in the past. These things don't matter so much. It's just narrative, I think. Um, but they lost in the weekend Benfica against Braga, 3-2. And uh, with Verissimo, Benfica is struggling to have a good run or a decent run. They have never won with him uh, more than two games in a row. And their defense is not great. I mean, in uh, this season, they have conceded 28 goals already. Last season, they conceded 27. But at the end of the season, and two seasons ago, they conceded only 26. Well, this season, they have conceded already 28 goals, more than last season, more than the previous season. And... Um, you know, the campaign is not over yet. Uh, one thing for Benfica that has to be remarked here is that Adel Taraft is returning. He played in the Premier League for many years and he was an entertaining player uh, in the Premier League too. He could return for this game and he's very important in Benfica's midfield because he can carry the ball a lot. But yeah, I think that uh, having Adel, Adel Taraft against the likes of Fabinho or Thiago or Jordan Henderson tells you a little bit the story here. Let's see 
if Benfica can uh, upset another big team, they upset Barcelona, they upset ba Ajax, even though they didn't deserve it. I'm sorry, but I think that here has to be said that Ajax was way better than Benfica. But anyway, these things happen. So I'm going to go for the following. An Asian handicap minus one for Liverpool. That pays 1.6. Um, or an Asian handicap of minus 1.25 for Liverpool, I like that one too, that pays 184, and I think that thought is very interesting uh, because it puts you pretty much in the region of two. Mm, we have to say well, yeah, just one uh, thing more about Benfica, I mean, strangely, they kept five clean sheets in, in the Champions League, but, you know, it's also under lucky circumstances. The number says that Benfica are a defensive team in the Champions League, eight goals against the 19 of, of Liverpool, they are 17 for attempts on target, and also, they have to be careful because they got seven players on a yellow card that could miss the return game. They got Grimaldo, Tamendi, João Mario, Vigil, Yeremanchuk between the people who could be suspended. So again, a, a highly aggressive game from Benfica we might compromise the return at Anfield. Mm, Liverpool, remember, they destroyed Porto and probably this Porto is better than Benfica, yes. even if in the Champions League. Uh, Benfica is doing better. If you trust uh, Benfica, Benfica to qualify pays 11. Mm. Liverpool to qualify only 1.1, so there is not uh, much trust in uh, Las Aguilas. Then on Tuesday also we have Man City. Atlético de Madrid and here Álvaro, be careful in my opinion with this game. This is a clash of styles. Guardiola versus Simeone is completely different teams, but this is the best Atlético we've seen uh, this season. They won ugly in uh, La Liga again, but I wouldn't rule out this Atlético de Madrid again because we are in April and they are very competitive. Simeone found uh, his 11 and what is more important, Álvaro, they are defending way better than some months ago. They are, they are definitely, and uh, it all uh, changed completely since they lost against Levante in La Liga back mm. in February, then they got a draw against Manchester United at home, and the season kicked on for them again, I mean 2022 has been a good year for Atletico de Madrid. Uh, number one, I'm going to say something before I go with the odds, uh, and I don't mind what Daniele has to say because I know that he's critical of this approach, but I'm going to go for a draw no bet for Atletico, number one, that pays seven. And then I will do my logical betting. But I think that the value is so good in there that I don't mind just wasting a dollar, a pound, a euro in that. Uh, it would be like paying a, a coffee to a colleague at work. You know what I mean? So I'm going to put that money in a draw no bet for Atletico de Madrid. It pays, pays seven. It's crazy. And then after that, I'm going to do my usual work. So I'm going to try to analyze this game very well. Uh, I, number one, <laughs> it has to be said that at Man Manchester City against Burnley, they won the game in the first half and then they managed to rest with the ball in the second half. It was a very, again, uh, Guardiola-like uh, performance at, at Turf Moor. Uh, I thought that the odds were unusually exaggerated, biased towards Manchester City when I saw this, but the truth is that the odds uh, for City have been like this for a while. In fact, um, they were almost identical when Manchester United travelled to the Etihad about a month ago. So it's very common that the bookmakers uh, choose Manchester City as the favourite and the, they back them very much. But they are playing against Simeone's Atletico de Madrid. Mm, it has to be said that uh, Atletico has won six games in a row for the first time since February 2018. The other day they beat Alaves for one. 
it was comfortable even though there was like a, in the in the second half there was a little bit of a dangerous zone for Atlético de Madrid when Alaves got the equalizer but then you know Joao Félix, Luis Suárez, Mateus Cunha they just made sure that they won that game. I want to say a few things about Atlético de Madrid because I think that if they want to win this game they rely a lot on the ball carriers those players that uh, can actually um, um, attack a system on their own. Uh, the likes of Yannick Carrasco or the likes of Marcos Llorente are capable of that. Players who can carry the ball, take on a player, uh, dribble past that player, and then, you know, a superiority will be created for Atlético de Madrid. Marcos Llorente against uh, Manchester United, he was playing as a right back, so he couldn't exert that ability. Yannick Carrasco, he wasn't playing against Manchester United because he was suspended. Uh, they are back, and these players are going to be important, and I believe that they are going to be key for Atlético de Madrid against Manchester City. Then, Mateus Cunha is the kind of a striker that he is not particularly nice to watch, but he is offering so many options to Atlético de Madrid up front. You can kick him the ball, he will keep it. He's fast, he's strong, he can fight with any defender. I think that it will be very important for Atlético to use this guy. And then, of course, Joao Félix. Joao Félix has been phenomenal lately. He's scoring goals um, as many as he was scoring three seasons ago for Benfica. He's uh, becoming the leader of Atlético in attack, and he's uh, very confident as well. Simeone knows that this is the moment of Joao Félix. Joao Félix knows that Simeone is trusting him he's not going to be replaced after 60 minutes uh, if he's having a decent game which is a different with uh, difference with what was happening to Joao Felix back in 2021 and I think that yes uh, this Joao Felix can be considered one of the best uh, youngsters in the world definitely definitely he's playing fantastically and then the left flank of Atletico de Madrid has improved a lot with Reinildo he's a player that uh, offers some defensive stability and Lodi just cannot match that. So I expect a defensive display from Atletico. I think that Manchester City will have the ball. And then Atletico in the counter-attack will rely on the likes of Yannick or Llorente to make a difference. So I'm going to go for the following. Uh, apart from the draw no bet for Atletico, I'm going to go for the Asian Handicap plus 0.75 for Atletico in the first half. That pays 166. If they lose by one, you get half a lose. But if they draw or if they win the first half, you you win your money and I kind of like uh, the draw no sorry the both things to score as well that pays 210 I know that both defenses are very good but at the same time Atletico scoring away and Atletico and Real, uh, Manchester City scoring a goal is something that I don't find impossible both things to score 210 is a good is a good uh, value too Probably, uh, Danny, we will see a game without uh, strikers because Alvaro was mentioning Cunha, but uh, usually he's a substitute and it's going to be Griezmann and Joao Félix and also Man City, they play without a striker. So probably it's more a midfield uh, game. Let's see if, if Pep Guardiola stick with the same formation that has given him an, a lot of balance uh, this season in the Champions League with Maretz up front, who's the top scorer in the Champions League, with Rodri, with Fernandinho, or if he changes. Sometimes the problem with Man City and with Pep Guardiola is that he, he overthinks and he overchanges. And you know, last season final started without Rodri and without Fernandinho and handed their uh, midfield to Chelsea with them in the counter. By the way, that's the only defeat that Guardiola suffered in the last nine knockout games of the Champions League. But Guardiola will be mindful of that uh, semi final in 2015 with Bayern Munich against. 
Atletico Madrid against Simeone, they were the better team, but they changed the way they play. And in the end, despite having all the ball and all the chances, Atletico Madrid did the job. By the way, back then they were... Was a miracle, of, of, was a of, course, of course, because uh, Bayern Munich were better apart from 20 minutes in both legs, but because of the away goal rules, Atletico Madrid prevailed. Now, I think uh, for Simeone to lose the away goal rules in the Champions League is a little bit like when you lose a dear relative. It's a, it's a dear loss for him because he cannot play that sort of games anymore. I mean... Have they got an incentive to attack, considering there is no longer the away goal rules in the Champions League? And that was a big lever for, for Simeone team. So I think they're going to leave the ball completely to Manchester City. And I, the difference is that when they did it against Manchester United, Manchester United didn't have enough quality and they didn't move the ball very well. But this Manchester City could do it. So I see Manchester City very, very favorite as long as Pep sticks to what he knows. Second top scorer in the Champions League, 23 goals scored for Manchester City, second for attempts, first for attack. Yes, only two clean sheets in the Champions League so far this season, but that's because they were also in a very difficult group. The issue with Man City could be uh, the people the players they can miss, they are without Ruben Diaz, Walker is still suspended, the Stones maybe is injured, he picked up an injury against Switzerland, Sterling and Foden were impressive with England, but I think Sterling won't start uh, this one. Let's see, it's about the rotation. Again, Pep Guardiola showed us how good he's at making rotation, and this month, it's crucial, as much as for Liverpool, it is for Man City, because obviously they play each other and this is the Champions League in between, and obviously the race for the title. Only Bernardo Silva has started 29 games out of 30 so far uh, this season. Everyone else started less so a lot of uh, rotation but as I said, Maretz started all the Champions League games so I'm expecting to start as well. Four win, two draws in the last six games for Manchester City. They are the best defence in Premier League. Only 18 goals conceded. Eight clean sheet in the last 11. Uh, Burnley didn't press them at all and allow them to play with the ball. Is Atletico going to do the same? Atletico are more threatening on the counter. Only one loss in the league since October. That was against Spurs at home. Uh, as I said, I cannot see the draw no performance. Mm. Atletico Madrid, I cannot see them having any motivation to attack Manchester City to win to nil to 20. Mm, I think this is going to be like Guardiola going to the dentist. Eh? This Man City Atletico. Be careful, be careful in my opinion with this Atletico de Madrid. Then uh, let's move on. You praise also very favorite uh, Man City, also Liverpool. This one I think is way more balanced. Chelsea, Real Madrid. Danny, perhaps also we are going to see the best two goalkeepers in the world in your opinion. We have... Uh, Chelsea's Absolutely. goalkeeper is the best one. We saw Courtois doing an excellent save again in Balaidos. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it in a, in a free kick from Iago Aspas. And talking about this weekend, we saw Real Madrid bouncing back and playing really bad, uh, really, really bad against Celta. So I don't think Real Madrid is full of confidence. And also Chelsea crumbling against uh, Brentford. The history between these two teams, uh, Real Madrid haven't won in Stamford Bridge, is a favourite. We have the, the history of last year as well. 
But this is very different, no? Danny, this Chelsea is worse than last year. They have uh, problems in the club. Uh, how do you see this tie? Very balanced, in my opinion. Very balanced and very, very tight. And you do mention the two goalkeepers, of course, outstanding, but also the both defenses, you know, the, the, the centre-back pairings are very, very reliable. Last year in the semi-final was 2-0 at Stamford Bridge, a Kante man of the match in both legs. That tells you, you know, how tight and how a very big battle it was. But, you know, Chelsea, the weekend they lost surprisingly against Brighton, against Brentford. Everything was going for them. Score with Rudiger, a Warden goal, and then they let four in. But in the end, you know, these things can happen. I remember last season, they lost 5-2 to West Bromwich Albion. And West Bromwich Albion ended up being relegated and Chelsea ended up winning the Champions League. It can happen. This is a very intense season. And, you know, after all, Chelsea were coming after a very good March, five wins out of five. And then also, I mean, after the international breaks, these games are always difficult. You got players coming back from all over the world. Sometimes the concentration is not quite there. Not that Brentford didn't have international players, but perhaps a little bit pressure, a little bit less pressure on the shoulders when they play for the national team. Anyway, uh, they lost this game, uh, but they also kept five clean sheets in the last uh, 10. They are still the third best defense in the Premier League. Uh, the attackers at the same level of last year. They don't create enough. They don't score enough. Uh, they bought a player like Lukaku that they cannot fit in. They don't. Tuchel doesn't want to change the way they play to fit Lukaku more. And if they miss the two wing backs, Chilwell might be out probably for the rest of the season. Rhys James is just coming back. It becomes sort of a sudden a very predictable and defensive uh, team. Um, they scored 17 though in the in the in the in the Champions League, the same number of goals of Real Madrid, very similar numbers in terms of attacks and shot on target. So these two teams probably are at the same uh, level. Look, Chelsea need to be praised because despite everything that happened outside of the field, they remain focused and I think they'll have no problem in finishing the third position. Can they knock out Real Madrid? I don't know. But if you look at the history, if they look at the history of Chelsea playing in the Champions League at home, seven clean sheets in the last nine European Champions League home games at Stamford Bridge. So usually that's where they build their success. Uh, Tuchel might revert yet yeah, to the same old back Chelsea last year, you know, difficult to beat, hit one on the counter. And, you know, there's always the second leg they can count on. Um, in terms of odds, it's very difficult to find value on the goals market or obviously the outright market is very difficult to predict. So I'm going to do a, combina a combination, a little bit of a miniac under 2.5 goals and both to score no, that pays 3-7. Mm -hmm. uh, Alvaro, Dani analyzed very well uh, Chelsea, but talking about Real Madrid, there is a lot of negativity around the atmosphere, also a lot of criticism around Ancelotti. Because uh, despite if we even if we see the table in Primera División, Real Madrid they are not playing great and he's not uh, shuffling well the cards, so it's not uh, very green. Also the uh, pitch and the grass at Real Madrid Stadium. I know, and I believe that what happened against PSG was glorious. Uh, coming back against them and beating them uh, after a perfect night of Karim Benzema, but I do believe that um, all that happened at Santiago Bernabeu that night shouldn't stop us from analyzing exactly how Real Madrid is in 2022. And the truth is that this year Real Madrid is not 
playing very well. I think they are getting very good results, very good results, but the performances are not uh, convincing at all. And uh, luckily for them, they won so many games uh, at the end of 2021 that they are very likely to win La Liga. But if you see the tiger against PSG, I would say that PSG was a better team for the 75% of the of the of the round but then you know they crumble and uh, there is uh, uh, nothing else to do but uh, taking your hat off in, before Real Madrid because they won that tire but the other day against Celta we saw again that Real Madrid is a team that doesn't have the rhythm Edu you you watch that game um, I think that uh, they just didn't show uh, the eagerness to to win that game and uh, also it's all very reliant on Karim Benzema as well. And this is something that I find it super dangerous because Benzema wasn't in the Clásico. Look look at what happened. The other day he scored two goals at Balaidos for Real Madrid and Real Madrid won. But um, I didn't like the, the midfield. I think that Casemiro is very tired. I think that Carvajal is having a really bad season. A really bad season. Oof. And uh, very poor. And it's a real shame because he's probably the... Or he was the, the best uh, fullback in Spain when it came to marking but right now he's not there and uh, in that side of the pitch Marcos Alonso will play and he's a very dangerous uh, um, win back and I think that Carvajal will have to do his best to uh, stop him. Uh, when it comes to Chelsea I think that what happened to to them the other day can be deemed as an accident in fact it never happened in the Premier League. Uh, the result against Brentford was very remarkable because no team in Premier League history has ever lost by three uh, goals or more after scoring the opening goal of the game in the second half, which is like, um, how to put it, uh, no team in the Premier League has ever lost a football game after scoring the 1-0 in the first half at home. They have never lost by three. Well, Chelsea did it. And, uh, you know, I think that you can put it down uh, to the international break. Maybe you can put it down to the rotations. The fact that Jorginho didn't start uh, counts for me a lot. Uh, the fact that in defense they played with a four-man defense so instead of a three-man defense uh, may count as well. I think that the Rosetta Stone of Chelsea is playing with the 3-4-3. Uh, Antonio Conte left that there and Thomas Tuchel was very clever to follow up with that. But for this game, I think that Chelsea is um, a slightly favorite. I, I, I'm not going to commit myself to the tire yet, to the tie, sorry. But uh, for this game, I'm going to back Chelsea because I think that Real Madrid lately have been very bad, worse than Chelsea. And in fact, um, what happened against, Chelsea, against uh, Barcelona and what happened especially against Celta is a warning. So I'm going to go for Chelsea to win. That pays 216. By the way, Spanish clubs do very bad in Stamford Beach, historically. The last one to win then was uh, there was Valencia, uh, but normally Barcelona, Atletico, Real Madrid last year have struggled there. So Chelsea to win 216. And uh, I like the over and under market here for goals. I think that under 2.5 goals is more likely to happen than over 2.5 goals. So under 2.5 goals, 184. And let's don't forget that Chelsea last season beat Real Madrid 3-1 in the aggregate. So, you know, that is the latest precedent. And I can see this time something very similar happening if Real Madrid doesn't raise their form very quickly. And was way better than Real Madrid actually last season. I guess also Ancelotti will learn uh, from his mistakes because in the Parc de Princes, uh, Real Madrid was so defensive and so poor. If he makes the same tactics, he cannot go back actually to Madrid, I think, because he was heavily criticized. Uh, this is way balanced, and I guess the more 
the more clear is the next one, no? Villarreal, Bayern Munich. Uh, I think everyone expects Bayern Munich to be in the semifinal. Perhaps Villarreal is the weakest team. In these quarterfinals, we saw also them losing Alvaro in La Liga playing away this season. I guess the only question here is uh, if Bayern Munich is going to repeat also the mistakes from Salzburg. They were very, very, very close to lose that game and compromise also the tie. I guess also they learn from their mistakes and they will be more aware in uh, La Ceramica. They are going to be more aware, Edu. And I think that uh, Salzburg and Villarreal present very different challenges. I mean, Salzburg was happy to um, go full speed against Bayern and they were very happy to uh, give each other a chance, right? Uh, Salzburg's plan was very simple. All right, Bayern may have a chance, but in the counter-attack we're going to have another one. Let's see what happens. And it was a draw. Uh, but I think that Villarreal plays very differently. Villarreal calculates a lot every movement. Uh, I think that Villarreal won't take many risks. There is one thing that Villarreal does that is very very remarkable. I don't think that no other team in the Champions League right now does it. Basically, Unai Emery is always telling their players not to pass the ball in one touch. Uh, because that uh, may trigger uh, ball losses. So if you watch Villarreal, normally uh, all the players, or at least the defenders and the, and the midfielders, they always touch the ball at least twice. They have it, they control it, and then they pass it, because they don't want to lose the ball in key areas. And maybe this is because Unai Emery understands that his team is very bad running backwards. They don't have fast players, the only one is Capoe, but Pau Torres, Albiol, um, I would say that Parejo, all those players in the central areas are very slow. So that's why Villarreal doesn't like losing the ball. And then, normally Villarreal imposes their rhythm. They did it against Juventus, for example. They did it against Chelsea in the European Super Cup. They did it against Manchester United in the Europa League. But I think that Bayern knows how to impose their rhythm too. So I think that this is going to be um, quite interesting to see. I think that Bayern is going to impose the rhythm this time against Villarreal uh, and Villarreal are going to have to run and they don't like that at all. Villarreal, since they beat Juventus, by the way, they have lost two games in La Liga. One against Cadiz, another one against Levante. And some players made grotesque, terrible individual mistakes. Against uh, Levante, Estupiñán made a massive mistake and Pau Torres was awful in one of Morales' goals. Um, I... I am so disappointed with Pau Torres, by the way. In the last 10 months, he's been a shadow of the player I thought he was going to be. But anyway, um, talking about Bayern, I think that uh, the more remarkable thing of Bayern this weekend is that they played with 12 players for a little while. <laughs> but they have, to re they have recovered, look, so many key players. Manuel Neuer didn't play against Salzburg away. Manuel Neuer is back. Goretzka, after being four months, four months injured, is back. And... Um, Nagelsmann, after the game, praised Goretzka so much. He said that Goretzka is a thoughtful player in the sense that uh, he's a player that during the game is already considering everything and he um, manages to uh, obey all the tactical instructions that uh, Julian Nagelsmann is giving him. So Goretzka being back, Neuer being back is so important. The only key player of Bayern that is absent for this game and for the remainder of the season is Alfonso Davis. But Bayern the other day against uh, Freiburg had on the bench Nabri, Savitzer, Musiala. That is what I called a squad, a squad depth. Finally, Bayern has found it again in the most important time of the season. For this game, I'm going to back Bayern. I think that Bayern, when they win, 
They tend to win by more than one goal, so I'm gonna go for the following. Asian Handicap minus one for Bayern, 204. Or something a little bit more conservative. Asian Handicap minus 0.75 for Bayern, 177. Meaning that if they win by two, you win. If they win by one, you get half a win. Look, I agree completely with Alvaro. Bayern belong between the top four teams in Europe or belong the, the top five. So yes, they will qualify. And I think this is a sort of game that if they score the first goal, Bayern, the tie is over probably because then Villarreal will have to come and the attack expose themselves, leave some spaces and Bayern will punish. Bayern, you know, thrives with high possession and they can dictate the game. And I think Villarreal will allow them to do that. They will sit back. Somehow they did how they did against Juventus in Torino, but the difference is that Bayern has got so many uh, players that can hurt them. And, you know, the things they did against uh, Salzburg, they played with Sane, Gnabry and then Coman very wide to try to draw defenders wide. And there were plenty of space, plenty of chances for Müller and, of course, Lewandowski. They're not pre uh, playing particularly pretty Bayern, but They have hit form, and maybe they hit form in the right moment of the season. Lewandowski, of course, uh, top scorer in Champions League, 12 goals. They've already scored 85 goals so far this season in Bundesliga after 28 games. This is a record, by the way. They only lost one game since November. So again, careful with uh, Bayern. Um, Against Freiburg, first half a little bit lethargic, the second half much better, as Alvaro mentioned, Goretzka was great, but also impact from the subs, Gnabry, Sabitzer also scored, Musiala. I think the only deal dilemma for uh, Nagelsmann at the moment is where does he play Sané? Does he play on the left wing? Does he play on the right wing where he's not quite effective? Because Coman is good on both sides. So apart from that, I think The uh, Bayern formation is sorted. Yes, I think Bayern are going to win and they're going to win by many goals. So I'm going to stick with the Asian handicap minus one, two or four for Bayern, as Alvaro said. Very French, actually, Bayern Munich. The whole defense was uh, French. Let's see if also if they struggle. We all expected the Bayern to win easily against uh, Salzburg and they struggle in uh, Austria. Danny, a very favorite Bayern. We've analyzed all four games. Let's go with your Akaden for these quarterfinals. Four games, Liverpool to win in Portugal, Manchester City, Atletico under 1.5 goals in the first half. Chelsea, Real Madrid, a double chance, 1x for the home side, and Bayer to score the first goal and put the tie to bed. Total odds, not great, 480. Mm. Alvaro, yours? Yeah, Asian handicap minus 1.5 for Liverpool. Asian handicap plus 0.75 for Atletico in the first half. Asian handicap 0 for Chelsea. Bayern to win. Altogether, 882. We have to say that there are very good odds if we trust the underdogs here because we have huge favorites in Man City, Liverpool or Bayern. So you have good value if you go for the underdogs. Atletico. Thanks, guys. Sí, or Atletico, for instance. Yeah, Atletico <laughs> Villarreal. Why not? Thank you, guys. See you with the Europa League. Take Take care. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed the video. Don't forget to leave your comments and your predictions. And of course, press the like and subscribe. And remember also, we have a podcast if you want to listen to our videos. Thank you. Bye bye.